0: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
3: Our number two. Prime action here on vcinvcin.com. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. We got some first pitches coming your way. If you're interested in getting in on these 8 o'clock hour Eastern games, the A's and the Rangers, Adam Aller and Cole Reagans. Stop making up, guys. Actual Major League Baseball pitchers, I promise you. Hold me to that. Cole Reagans and the Rangers, minus 175 favorites. Adam Aller and the A's are plus 150 underdogs, Kelly. And if you want to play the total, eight and a half. That's a real baseball game that's happening.
4: Cole Reagans, that guy was meant to play baseball.
3: Like, a, that guy mm-hmm. was meant so, to, to pitch. That's a cool name. That's, yeah. a, that's a good you, name. You just got to think he's
5: got like a beach nut or a Kodiak yeah. uh, right in the corner of his mouth <laughs> and is just ready to fireball against the A's. It was, I mean, uh, he,
3: it was he, that or play quarterback at University of Texas, it, exactly. yeah. like, You yeah. know,
4: He could have been like Cole Reagans in, you yes. know, whatever.
3: Yeah, for yes. sure.
4: I mean, the fact that he's on the Rangers, it's even more fitting.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, absolutely. I mean, guy was he had to be an athlete, though. He had to be an athlete or a bull rider. And I guess bull riders are considered athletes. So, I mean, whatever.
4: Yeah. Uh, I think we have dressage in town this week. Cowboy dressage, which I'm calling fake cowboy stuff. A lot of cowboy hats around here, but this, that's horse dancing.
3: Yes, that's yeah.
5: horse.
4: That's fake. Dance. That's it, fake cowboy stuff. It, it, that's it is horse dancing anyway you look that's at
5: it. That's not the real rodeo stuff that we get that's in December, right. Yeah. Uh, right before Christmas, when everybody in the service industry is like, "Yeah, I want to work." Those cowboys mm-hmm. tip when they come in here for the rodeo. that is
3: that that is that is horse dancing anyway you look at it. Yeah, sorry, that's all it is. you're not gonna. You can call hey, it, it. It's impressive. impressive name if you want to. It's impressive, but you don't need a cowboy
4: hat. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Spurs
3: saying. or any of that or any of <laughs> that stuff. You just say. Dance, horsey, and then like <laughs> then they go and they just do their little thing, and uh, and that's what it's all about. But for sure, Cole Reagan's is going to be riding a bull here after the season's over. He Cole Reagan's—that
5: name sounds yeah. like the villain quarterback of like a, a babyface team in a movie, <laughs> and you're going against like the enemy, and it's Cole Reagan's yeah. as the quarterback
4: yeah. from like, Crawfordville, Florida.
3: That sounds right. All right, eight ten Eastern Dodgers and the Brewers. Tony Gonsolin, Eric Lauer, and. You're going to get Gonson and the Dodgers as minus 165 road favorites in this one. It's plus 140 for the Brewers at home as underdogs, a flat eight is your total. That's kind of a
5: big price. I know Tony yeah. Yonsolin is 14-1 and one this season in 21 starts, but 224 on the area and 381 on the X-PIP. We're kind of waiting for that regression, but it never seems to come for Dodger pitchers because you have so much margin for error when you've got that potent lineup behind you, but a guy that's been kind of an unheralded hero for the Brewers that I think has really kept them in this thing is Eric Lauer. Mm-hmm. I think you know, getting out of Washington, getting away from that rebuild, he's been pretty solid for the Brewers this year. I think that this is a It's a big price. You can get as high as $1.50 in the market on the Brewers if you're so inclined.
3: 8-10 Eastern, we got the Astros and the White Sox, two teams obviously well into the thick of the playoff here. Astros going to cruise in. White Sox clawing there in the AL Central. Framber Valdez, I think he has the most quality starts of any pitcher in the American League, actually, this season. Uh, Minus 150 on the road As a favorite in that one, Michael Kopech in the White Sox, plus 130 underdog, a flat eight the total there. We do have one late game, Diamondbacks and Giants, if you want to get in, minus 225 on the Giants with Carlos Rodon on the hill. You can get nearly 2-1 to on the Diamondbacks as underdogs.
5: Yeah, no thank you for no, me. Thank uh, I don't you want to go against either. Rodome, but I think that this Giants team is pretty much DOA. They were sellers at the deadline, so uh, I am going to pass that one. The uh, White Sox, of course, that is an interesting game. Can they go ahead and take three from the Astros here? All of a sudden, the White Sox showing a little bit of life. Uh, rightfully priced, I think, for Valdez, considering Copac, The XP's about a run and a half higher than the ERA. So uh, small lean to the over for me, even though it is juiced at minus 120 to the under.
3: Boys, you guys warmed my heart when I walked in. You guys said you had watched Hard Knocks. You now understand my Episode love. Episode one. Mm-hmm. You didn't watch the one last night. Nah, Kelly, I didn't have so, time, man. So I had to he catch d- up.
5: He, d- he did not see the uh, uh, plethora of attractive women in Aiden Hutchinson's uh, life. Uh,
3: do, you, do you? Are you, Kelly? How do you just watch the one when you know the uh, the next? You, you knew the new one hey man, was last night. I had to night. get our show together.
4: I had to <laughs> handicap golf for the week. Okay, I it was got a busy. Run down
3: in my email box by like nine o'clock. It was like
4: yeah. ten o'clock. Yeah, I don't even want to hear. Like, I don't want to hear your nonsense. I had an early meeting with Gil Alexander. It's been a busy twenty four hours. Okay, man. Uh, all right. Well, that
3: that kind of ruins what I wanted to talk about. But here. I saw well, then, the first. Well, I saw I was, the
4: first episode. Hey, plug we'll talk it. amongst
3: ourselves. Yeah, co- cover your ears. Then earbuds. How about the. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown segment to mm-hmm. find out that his that his pop was the two-time Mr. Olympia or Mr. U- Mister Universe. Right. And had him lifting weight since middle school. Well, which... and,
5: and you look at Amon Ross St. Brown's physique, by the way, and you <laughs> could see that doesn't really surprise you if they wouldn't have told you that story because Amon St. Brown is absolutely ripped and jacked uh, looking for a big season here in Detroit at a nice rookie season.
3: Yeah, it is. It's interesting when you take a look at this, at this Detroit team and not to get, you know, be... So sucked up in this whole hard knocks thing or something, but you do understand. We heard this last year, and I think th- it became such a joke because of Dan Campbell comes out in that opening press conference mm-hmm. talking about how they were going to eat kneecaps and things and bite people's ankles and whatever it was. So everybody's and like,
5: "Oh, he's a dumb he's
3: a, he, yeah, he's a joke." And you get through two episodes of this, and and we heard a lot of this last year, but there was no way for us to know mm-hmm. where you were like these players love this guy. Oh like, yeah, and they were like this. These players are all in on this dude. And I think we all kind of laughed it off. Like, ha you know, whatever. And then you see through the first two episodes that you kind of start to see why, right? Like he is as a former, you know, player. actually not that long ago. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I remember Dan Campbell yeah. when I was, a Yeah, kid. he yeah. actually told a story last night yeah. when
5: he was with Jason Witten, because one of the things he was saying, because he seems like a player's coach, but he goes, I will lose my, you know what, yeah. if you guys are out of the game with your pads off and you're screwing around, looking at mm-hmm. the stands and not paying attention, not helping the guys out there that are finishing the game that are fighting for jobs he goes because this happened to me one time when I was with Dallas and Jason Witten had his stuff I had my stuff off and then uh, we lost like four tight ends in that <laughs> game so he goes I look at Witten as like he's not hell going back in he's Jason Witten so I'm the guy that's got to go back in so I got to you know retie my shoes relace them and get ready to go so yeah and, and and they got a good laugh out of that but you can tell that the players I think the coaching staff respect him they showed some of the coaching staff last night I think Deuce Staley mm-hmm. is the Running backs coach Aaron Glenn, uh, the former corner for the Jets and a variety of other teams. I thought that was a cool. Mark Brunel, the
4: quarterback yes. coach. It's basically just a it's a whole room yeah. full of ex players that he mm-hmm. has in there. See, see, you know how I was, made? I was mocking last night because I know the whole the whole script of how the show works. That was a cool twist with with the Detroit Lions, where you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this entire coaching staff mm-hmm. was like, you know, all players pros. you remember. Yeah, uh, yeah right. It's, right. it's all like pros in 2002 my guy from Indiana you know I mean? University, Antoine Randall,
5: yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. the wide receivers coach. So yeah, a lot of these guys are absolutely former players. Uh, So, you know, you could sense that they're trying to build a culture there in Detroit. Mm. Obviously, they're still a little bit down on talent in certain positions, but they're out there competing. I think they were at uh, camp today. I think they were with the uh, Indianapolis Colts, so I saw some of the videos online from that this afternoon.
3: But it it does, I think, give you at least a glimpse, and not maybe from a betting perspective this year, but for next year, you do kind of start to see, Mm -hmm. look, Jared Goff, not the answer at quarterback for sure long-term, but you do look at the rest of these, you do look at the, at the rest of that team, and you see, okay, you got him on Ross St. Brown. He's still on a rookie contract. He's going to be there for a while. You have Jamison Williams, who's going to be coming back at some point this season. Yes. Who, people, Kind of the forgotten man. That they, by the way, they haven't even mentioned on the show yet. Like, he hadn't even been mentioned on the show yet, you know? I did think it was uh, – again, I'm an episode behind, yeah. but I thought it was weird they didn't even bring him up in the first episode. Yeah. so he's he's going to be coming back, and he's going to be coming down the pike. You've got Aiden Hutchinson, so you have kind of that foundational guy on a, on the defensive line from a pass-rushing standpoint and things. And mm-hmm. you kind of start to see where, okay, there, there are pieces here. Yes. You know, there are pieces here for sure. It's not going to happen this year, but – could we be looking at a borderline playoff well, team next well, year? If and, they... and,
5: and I don't think you're saying that. We're not trying to be prisoners at the moment here because no. we know how this show is produced. Mm-hmm. They're never going to make this team look like some ragtag no. operation or ragtag organization. They're always going to have like the little human interest stories. Uh, David Block, the uh, backup quarterback, his wife, Melissa Gonzalez, actually an Olympic track star for Columbia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they told that story and obviously showed a lot of Aiden Hutchinson and the uh, uh, very attractive women in his life as much. and his two sisters. I didn't know they were both sisters. I thought one was a Mm -hmm. wife. But nevertheless, uh, they made sure to have them on camera a lot last night for the uh, people watching.
3: But you do. You start to see, and it's like, so you've got St. Brown at wide receiver. Williams is going to be there. You've got DJ Chark, which, again, they haven't even shown him Mm -hmm. at all either. But he comes over after being – Pretty productive, right? And got ends up, ends up getting hurt. and done, I did, think did, they showed him
5: briefly last yeah. night. The focus was on Amon Ross and yeah. Brown, of course. But you wonder about DJ Chark too, because here's a guy that was in like the worst culture in the entire mm-hmm. National Football League in Jacksonville. He gets a jail out of free card, but he's with you know a Detroit team that not a ton expected, even though some of the math guys really like them this year. There's going to be some improvement, but maybe still a year or two away from the playoffs. And you got to think, and just they kind of showed him briefly. And he looked happier. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't want to overread where it's like you look into a man's eyes and you see a soul right. or something like that, but he did seem happier because I can't imagine how miserable those guys were in Jacksonville last year, not only players, but coaches.
3: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So, again, like you said, not be in prison at the moment, but I do think that. I do think that you you do at least get an inner glimpse of how young this team mm-hmm. is at some of the very important positions. I mean, you know, Penny Sewell on the offensive line. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of like good so offensive lines
5: got a lot of yeah. first round guys. They got rag now. Of yeah. course, uh, they showed, I think the pancake one time he had a pancake on Aaron Donald. He's like, that'll never happen again, <laughs> you know, because Aaron Donald's arguably one of the greatest defensive linemen ever to play the game or certainly going to go down as that. But Taylor Decker up there up front, Penny Sewell, yeah. you can tell what the Lions are trying to do. They're at least going to say we might get beat or we might get out talented
3: but we're not not going to get out tough yeah we're going to make it miserable on you on the way yeah
5: they're going to be physical and they're going to fight you the whole way and i think that's the first thing that you got to do with the team and then eventually give the front office time to get the talent in place
3: guardians sitting there trying to get that playoff spot winning the al central 62 and 55 on the season they do go ahead and score they are up one nothing on the Tigers in that one and we look Cardinals of course have overtaken the Brewers there in the NL Central they are up two nothing on the Rockies early as well so there will be some teams that will follow pretty closely here over the next few weeks to see how things are all going to play out not everybody's cruising like some of these squads out there so we will definitely keep you up to date on all that and if there's any bets to be made speaking of bets to be made we got some in the account it is the BMW Championship Preview.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Prime Time Action here on vsunvsun.com. VEASAN, plus VEASAN++ plus subscription. Popping off today. Would have been a good one.
4: Nothing to see
3: here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Absolutely
4: nothing to see. I mean my, my here. forty my forty time was pretty good there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kelly. Oh man.
5: We, I, I I probably could have helped you out there, Kelly, and said <laughs> uh 15
3: seconds, but was I was a solid cone drill by me right at the end there. You did well. You did well. I gotta I gotta admit, you did well. I thought that was cat-like reflexes. Yeah, it was. Out from behind the uh the glass there and back behind the glass. So we are moving into where we have narrowed the field down to 68. It would be 70, but 68 are going to tee it up west. We are heading towards an eventual FedEx champion here. The BMW championship goes off at the Wilmington Country Club. It is a no-cut event, so all 68 guys are going to get four rounds unless they decide to withdraw via injury. And this is, a course, we've never seen before. So mm-hmm. we're basically having to do. I watched two different flyovers. I did all the best I could do to try yeah. to figure out how I think this thing's going to play, and and all that. But I mean, you know, we're doing a lot of guessing here. And yeah, and exactly. I've listened yeah. to a couple of people who have walked it, and you know, listened to their opinion. I guess a little bit on what's going on. But only thing we really really know is that this thing is super long. It's bent grass. It's got bluegrass rough, and they're going to be gigantic. Greens with a whole bunch of bunkers all over the course. I mean, that's, that's, that is the, we know all of this for sure. As far as how it's going to play, we can guess and, and go on and everything from there. But that's really the only thing we know for sure.
5: Yeah. We go to uh, Wilmington, Delaware, like they say in Wayne's World. Hi. We're in Delaware, <laughs> and that's where we are this week. First time ever on this Delaware. course, uh, and it is a Robert Trent Jones design. So I was like, "Okay, can I find any real course correlations?" Mm. This isn't as easy as like maybe a Pete Dye yeah. or a Donald Ross, where you have several different designs on the tour. So real quick,
4: West Mets and Braves in a rain delay.
5: Yeah, yeah, they put the tarp I mean. out there. By the way, it is four to nothing. Three home run shots already for the New York Metropolitans. Uh, but when I was looking at correlated courses here, I was thinking. And okay, what other RTJ, the Robert Trenton Jones designs, you know, Firestone, of course, where they used to have the uh, event there in Akron, Bell Reef, Congressional, Hazeltine. From a pure link standpoint, Beth Page Black, you know, 7,500, 7,600 plus yards, Tory Pines South, Wingfoot, that kind of fit the bill. But yeah, you're right. With no data, we're kind of doing a little bit of a guessing game here. And yeah. We're just kind of just going on our instinct in terms of what stats we're going to use to see if we can profile and find a winner.
3: It is a par 71. Again, it's 7,534 yards. It's one of the longest courses we've seen in the last few years here on on tour par 71. It is a unique design, though, because it's four threes, 11 fours. So we do get three fives Mm -hmm. on this one. Bent grass, four inch bluegrass rough. And so the reason I bring this up, you're going to hear four inch and say, oh, my God, this is going to be so terrible. But bluegrass is thin and these dudes are gonna be able to handle it like yeah. it's it's not that super thick grass that is so incredibly penal whenever you get over right. into it right. so just when you hear people are you're gonna hear this from now until the time they tell oh my god four four inch rough etc it's not gonna be that bad yeah with these you guys. don't want to
5: hit it there but it's not yeah. a death sentence yeah. you know where it's like okay you got to just chip out into the fairway and go forward but uh also about uh, 91 bunkers on the layout eighth most on the tour so it's pretty well bunkered it's not mm. not a lot of water like we saw last week at Southwind where you got water everywhere. But Robert Trent Jones, a lot of bunkers here, uphill slopes, elevated greens. So you get runoffs as you get onto the green here. So that's something to keep in mind. And also when you get to the green, keep in mind, second largest on the BGA Tour yeah. this year at 8,100 square feet. The only one I think that was bigger was St. Andrews when they were like 13,000 right. on average because they were essentially double greens.
3: Hey, Kelly, I'm sure some of the – I don't know if any of the flyovers you looked at. One of the things I saw just with the – the bunkers and even the water. So there's there's four holes with water, but the one thing I noticed about the water is it might actually come into play because it looked like it's gonna be on approach shot like mm-hmm. like on approach shots into four of the holes. Yeah. And so you know how this goes. I mean, you tug one, you can whatever, you get one fat, yeah. you get one whatever. So there, I think it. even though there's only four holes that do have water, I think at least
4: two or three of them might make for some interesting holes. Yeah, yeah. are very water danger holes. Yeah. And Wes writes this up every week uh, in Point Spread Weekly and for the website, kind of giving, giving the, these kind of specific stats on the courses each week. And Wes, I think even you could attest to that. There's a lot of times where you're writing – you know, water danger holes we get from course information where it says fifteen right. holes, and it's like, well, fifteen might if have water yeah. fifty yeah. yards to the left. Exactly. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. But,
5: so you got to keep it into context. Yeah, yeah you got to keep
4: it in context. And I agree. I think I think you're going to have a, at least a few where it really comes into play. The other note I wanted to make on the rough, I, I think it's a great job p- pointing out, and it's really how I I kind of structured my my handicapping of this event was it was from hearing from some of the players and even reading some, some articles from other guys that had been out on the course, it really sounds like, yeah, the rough, exactly what you described, Matt, could give people some trouble, but I don't think it's going to be horrible, horrible, but also the, there's not like there's really trees in the way either. So if you're in the rough, you're not going to see guys, kind of that's kind of like you were talking mm-hmm. about, having to chip right out into the fairway because there's a big tree block in their way. The trees are really kind of pushed back, and there's really more of that exposed rough. So I I, I think you're, even if guys miss the fairway, yeah. you're still going to have a good look at being able to get on, on the large greens that they have.
5: Yeah, and I know Patrick Cantlay had some comments mm-hmm. that I saw on Twitter about not a lot strategically that's going to give you problems yes. here. Of course, Patrick Cantlay was the winner of this event at Caves Valley, which is in Maryland. Remember, he had that 6 uh, whole playoff battle with Bryson DeChambeau. Patrick Cantlay got it done. I don't know if we're going to see 27-under as the winning right. score, but just kind of looking at it, without any background, you're thinking, and, yeah, you probably might want to be close to 20 under, Mark, if you want to win
3: this. Yeah, I, I, and, and it is a very unique – we mentioned just the unique layout where you do get the three fives even though it is a par 71. And then also the other thing that I thought was, was interesting here was just the layout where it being so long yet – 8 of the par 4s are under 450 yards, mm-hmm. right? So you're kind of like, "Well, what are you talking? Where does the yardage come from?" Well, it's because 2 of the par 5s are over 630 yes. yards and, and some
5: long par 3s. And as 3 well. of the
3: par 3s are over 230 yards. And mm-hmm. so we're getting it all back on a couple of these par 5s and these par 3s. And so it, from at least from a I understand it's not going to be as as strategic as some of these other courses they're playing. That said, I am interested to see how this thing looks. It it did look pretty cool from the flyover yes. stuff that I was like looking at and and all that. And so
4: I'm I'm pretty interested to see. It's how- one of those things that it's frustrating for us as betters, right, to be playing on a course that we haven't seen before. But like when I took I took a st- I had to take a step back last night. And you're like I'm sick of trying to handicap these courses we barely see or different time of year or whatever. But I guess if you are going to design a golf playoff, it makes the most sense, right? To put them on no. a course that these guys haven't even really seen before. Not out of the park for the race that was about. <laughs> well,
5: and, and you look two years ago. Remember they were at Olympia Fields and four under with John Rahm mm-hmm. winning that playoff over Dustin Johnson that double breaker putt on the playoff hole. They're going here, I believe. They're going there, I believe, next year. But basically, with this BMW, they want to stay in the Midwest, go a little bit into the Northeast, especially like the Mid Atlantic area—DC, Maryland, Virginia—and then you know Chicago, Indianapolis, St. Louis, kind of major cities in the Midwest. So that's why you see it bounce around, mm-hmm. not the same course every single year.
3: So, what are the odds for the players? And again, we now have the 68 best players going here, so it's not going to be as juicy as it typically is. Yeah. On when a- you got like 10 guys, basis. 10 to yeah. 20
5: to one. You're not getting a lot of like really big numbers and at all. So,
3: I, you know, you're going to hear these numbers. You're going to say, oh, dude, are you serious? But yeah, I mean, that's just the way it's going to be when there's only 68 guys going. So McElroy is at the top of the board here at 10 to one over at DraftKings. John Rahm. Is currently sitting at 12 to 1 over at DraftKings. So there's been some movement on John Rahm since this graphic was mm-hmm. made. Patrick Cantlay, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Will Salatoris, Tony Finau, and Scotty Scheffler all sit at 14 to 1 right now in the betting market, so you can see how jumbled it's going to be, and of course, every single one of those guys being just massive names. And usually when
5: you get a top guy drop out, you really see a lot of movement at the top. You really didn't, because they're all kind of in the same range. Of course, I'm talking about Cameron Smith, who's uh, number two in the world, number three in the FedEx Cup playoff standings, withdrew what he cited as a hip injury. I don't know if that means necessarily he's done for the Tour Championship. I gotta think that that's what it's gonna turn into, of course, uh, the controversy or mild controversy last week in terms of the two-stroke penalty he got on Sunday, where it wasn't controversial in terms of the fact that they applied the rule right and he deserved the penalty, but in terms of you know letting him yes. know a half hour before your round, well, yeah. By the way, you're four off the lead instead of two off the lead.
3: We can do an hour on golf, yeah. just trying to get yes. out of its own way. I mean, it's just like get out of your own way. What, yeah. what are, you got
4: the cameras; well, just let, let him know it. right away. Mm-hmm.
3: Or here's the other. Or here's the other. Thing. And how a marshal. How about how, how about or. Just use common sense and like he, that's of no advantage to the player whatsoever, mm-hmm. whether he hits on the line or not. And just say mm-hmm. like, hey, bro, can you not do that next time? Like, yeah. We don't need to. Like, I mean, just again, let's use common sense sometimes and all this. But uh, as we move down the odds board, you're going to hear some names here that are pretty far down because, again, we got all the best players in the world here outside of Smith. So we got Morikawa 20 to 1, Jay at 20 to 1. Cam Young, a very popular name this week, 25 to 1. Sam Burns, 25 to 1. Victor Hovland is sitting at 30. Max Homa at 35. We've got uh, Joe, uh, Tom Kim sitting at 35. Joaquin Neiman at 35. Spieth Lowry at 40. Corey Connors, Terrell Hatton at 50. And even Aaron Wise, Adam Scott. These are all guys we bet on several times mm-hmm. this year. Keith Mitchell, these are all guys, 60 65 ish range when we're getting into the betting odds here. So there are some still some, some pretty big names and some guys with win equity that you can at least get a decent number on. We'll talk about the stats that we looked at and how we started to whittle down our pool here on the other side. Pocket cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's, buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, drink
4: responsibly.
5: It is Levi's and not Levis. So we did establish that over the break. Uh, Levis now.
4: Yes,
3: it is. It is Levi's.
4: <laughs> but does Will Levis wear Levi's? I'm that's sure he does. That's what our director, that, Jeremy, He
5: should be to. doing that for the NIL for sure. Yeah.
3: You can make an interesting commercial where it like it like he pulls the apostrophe out and it's like his name or whatever mm-hmm. on the commercial and all the, and he there puts it go. back for the Levi's and the it's it's, it's yeah. There. What are we still doing? You can here? have that for free. Let's go shoot it right you now. You can have that for free, Levi's. I'm giving that to you. I need some of that nil money. Yeah, there it is. I just gave you the commercial idea, absolutely free. You're welcome. Send me a pair of levis. As a, as so, a, as so a, they, a,
5: by the way, they do have football at Kentucky. If you listen to John Calipari, you didn't think uh-huh. that they did. There was a little kerfuffle down there between Mark Stoops and uh, Coach Cal last week.
3: So, if we uh, if we take a look down here, three nothing now in favor of the Rays over the Yankees, and and. I don't listen to New York sports radio, but I bet you mm-hmm. it's been interesting over the last. Yeah, Her- Herman. Got <laughs> I bet you're right too. it's yeah, yeah. been interesting. And over Herman's
5: going to come out of the game right now. I had two decent outings his last two, only yeah. gave up one earned run in each of his last two starts, but was going along very well earlier in the inning, but uh, has given up uh, three hits and now just hit Randy and Rosarena, so only going four and two thirds tonight. Raise up three to nothing here in the top of well, the fifth over the Yankees, who have now lost 11 of their last 13.
4: Wes, the problem is, see, the problem is when you when you unbutton your jersey down to your belly button, mm-hmm. you get a lot more wind resistance yes. than when you're coming in with the pitch. Mm-hmm. So that's just simple aerodynamics. What he really needs to do <laughs> is button it up more, and then that fastball is really going to be humming in there.
5: You can though. tell you can tell that the boss uh, is no longer with us anymore because, look, uh, you know, no facial hair, have your hair cut. And button up that shirt, you got to think he would be saved.
3: So, guys, I went out and I put 35% of my model into driving this week. I put 20% 20 into driving distance and 15% into off the tee. I could be wrong. And listen, we don't know because we've never seen this course play before. Everything I've read, everything I looked at, all the stuff that I was able to compare it to, I think this can be a bomb and gouge course. I think this can Mm -hmm. be one of those courses where people are going to do that. So, I put 35% of the model into, in, in, into driving this week. And so driving distance and off the tee, taking up 35%, 12%. And, and Matt, we, yeah.
4: talk, we talked a bit about those bunkers, and that, that was another thing just kind of you know reading up on the course and looking at yardage markers and stuff. A lot of those bunkers are going to be out of – a lot of those fairway bunkers are going to go out be out of play for the guys that can hit it long enough mm-hmm. and hit it right over them. So, yeah, that's kind of the way I went and attacked this as well.
3: 12% on approach, 12% on birdie or better, 12% on par five scoring. Because if we look at this, if we look at these par fives, even though even though they're they're super, super long here, it's going to be long shot, long shot, and then you're gonna have a short wedge in there. Like who are the, who are these guys that can score on these par fives? With that. I also did, hey, we got some short par 4s. So I did proximity 100 to 125, and then I also did proximity 200 plus, which incorporates those long approach shots and then also incorporates those three long uh, par 3s as well. So it kind of is a... It's kind of a a catch-all right there for the long approaches on the other holes and then also on the par threes. I did sand save percentage in case these guys find themselves in any of those bunkers. I do want to know those guys that are going to be able to get out and not make it a a complete and total disaster for them. Since these are so, so, so big, these greens, I did three-putt avoidance as well. And then at the end, is just kind of a tiebreaker. I always put a tiebreaker stat on the end just to kind of see what's going on. I wanted to see what people were doing lately from tee to green, so I I threw tee to green at the end just as kind of a tiebreaker if there was anything along the way for me. Um, Wes, was there was there any way that you differentiated from me there with how you, you know, built out your model? Mostly similar. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, I did a little T to green as well just mm-hmm. because, you know, when you don't have anything, you want to at least get some context. Mm-hmm. So I did stroke T and T to green. I used last 36 rounds pretty much for all of these. I think you could do it both ways. I think you could do stroke gain off the tee like you did. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit of total driving because I wanted at least some accuracy in there, but not too much mm-hmm. necessarily. So that's why I looked at total driving and that's obviously the season tour rankings instead of like last 36 rounds. Uh, I did a couple different proximity gain. I did proximity gain from 200 plus because you do have some long par fours. You got three long ones around mm-hmm. 490 yards. So guys might not take driver, guys might club down a little bit. So you're going to think that they're going to have, if they take Take three metal or like a hybrid off the tee, then they're going to have about a 200 yard shot into the green. So you're going to have a few of those per round. I did proximity 75 to 100 and also 100 to 125 because I wanted to get that full range uh, mm. there. So uh, you're going to have guys with some short wedges because four of the par fours measure 420 yards or less. So you got to look at that. I did strokes gain par four 400 to 450. Six of the 11 par fours are of that distance. So that's what I looked at there. Strokes gain par five 600 to 650. Two But the three par fives, by the way, do measure over, you know, closer to six hundred and fifty yards actually is six hundred. So I did that. I did strokes gain part three, two hundred to two and a quarter. Two of the part threes are within that length. And then I also did three putt avoidance and I also did a little bit of sand saves gain. And I usually don't do sand saves in most weeks, but this is a well-bunkered course. You have 91 bunkers throughout, not only in the fairway and throughout the holes, but very well protected. That's kind of a Robert Trent Jones trademark. Mm-hmm. He likes a lot of bunkers around the greens, and then you have those runoffs to the front of the green, all the greens, by the way, slope from back to front on this course.
3: Which is why I didn't do any around the green or scrambling this yeah, week. Yeah, I didn't do that either. Because it, it's like you're either gonna hit the green or you're gonna be in a well, bunker. Yeah, like, you know, that's, that's a one be, of the two.
5: because the greens yeah. are eighty one hundred square feet. Yeah. So uh, there was a certain player that we'll have on my card that I'll reveal here later on yeah. that, you know, kind of struggles a little bit around the green where I'm like, he's gonna hit the
4: green yeah.
3: probably because these things yeah. are so huge. So it's like they're so that that takes on the it green or in the bunker. So that's yes. why I didn't even fool with it this week. Kelly, where where were you different?
4: Yeah. As far, as far as pretty similar all around driving distance, I, I did 10% there, 20% on off the tee, but you know, mm-hmm. overall 30% Matt. So yeah, that was something I looked at heavily. Um, and then, Stroke skate approach. I, I did twenty five percent there, so fifty five percent of my model is between basically driving stats and then approach approach. Like stats. the
5: approach stuff I did was the proximity gained mm-hmm. a little bit yep. more because I didn't want to do like something like GIR gain because these greens are so massive. And uh, so the way I did my approach was basically kind of going into the proximity ranges. And I thought you saw a lot of overlap. There. So
4: yeah, I mean I added on even from there, uh, West. I and I think you know Matt, you laid out yours. I thought Wes, I thought you did a great do- job breaking down in your piece why you looked at the proximity ranges. The 200 plus one, I think was pretty obvious, but the 75 to 100, I did a little bit of that and a little bit of 120, 100 to 125, uh, j- just because of all the reasons you guys said of the weather, the par fives, and it's going to be that third shot on the par fives or the second shot on those par those shorter par fours. I think those ranges are going to come into play a lot. The, the 200 plus covers those par threes like we talked about. Uh, par five, 600 to 650. Par fours 400 450. Did a little bit of stand saves like you guys did. Uh, did, did a little bit of birdies or better gained, and then three putt avoidance. I did pretty heavily uh, there because yeah, big greens. You just can't have guys putting the ball mm-hmm. around all over all over the green. So that, that's what I did for my model this week. So I, uh, I I'm like you, Wes. I think this thing plays somewhere between
3: 16 and 20. Yeah, and so that's how I structured all of this. And the other thing that I did a little bit differently that I really never do and. I'm, you know, listen, I'm, I'm still, I'm a work in progress, right? So I'm testing things out. I want to see what works for, for, for me for the future. And so we get to this point in the season. We get to a no-cut four-round event at a course that I don't know and I have no history with. I went back 75 rounds for the first run of this model. And so I did 75, 50, 36, and 24. The 24, more of just kind of a, hey, Maybe who's who's playing well uh, like recently yeah. to go along with who's playing well long term here does that does that make anything change for me you know from a from a betting perspective and so listen from a seventy five round it's it's the names you would expect right Justin Thomas Roy McElroy, Will Zalatoris John Rahm Scotty Scheffler Andrew Shoffley Tony Finau Sam Burns Cam Young. Max Homa.
5: It's the guys that are priced there. And the market yeah. pretty much, give or take, one or two. And that's, you know, kind of what I did. And that's why I did 36. I did it for my piece in points for mm-hmm. weekly. I also looked a little bit at the 50 because one of the reasons why I wanted to go back a little further is because I want to see some of those big events because mm-hmm. over the course of those rounds, that's where you're getting, okay, how'd they do at the U.S. Open, how'd they do at the Masters, not necessarily from a course dynamic standpoint, but because those are elite fields. Yep. So you wanted elite field events. You didn't want to be so recent where it's just like, Rocket Mortgage Classic, 3M Open, where a lot of these top-end guys didn't play.
3: The uh, the the 50-round model, a bunch of the same names, but a couple did enter. I mean, it's McElroy, Thomas, Altor, Scheffler, Cam Young, Shoffley, Finau, Max Homa. Joaquin Neiman sneaks mm-hmm. in there at, at mm-hmm. that point. John Rahm, and then Sam Burns just right outside at 11. Um, you go to the 36, Rory, Thomas, Finau, Altor, Young, Cam Davis. Yep. Yeah. He in, was somebody
5: I considered this week.
3: In at the sixth position in the thirty-sixth round, that was the big outlier to me. And that one, Scheffler, Homa, then Taylor Pendrith coming in at the number nine position, and then Xander Shoffley, Sam Burns at eleven in there again. So you can see a lot of the same names over and over and over and over again, and and. You know, With that, a lot of those names ended up having to be widely considered, but you can't bet everyone, and these numbers are super short on a lot of those guys. So how did we narrow it down from there? What did Kelly's model spit out? What did Wes's model spit out? And then why did we choose the guys that we eventually ended up filling out on the card? Because, again, you could make a case – for so many different guys in this tournament. It's all the best guys in the world. It's all the best guys that have played consistently for the majority of the season. So we'll see how the betting's card shake out here on the other side.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com and check the current betting splits data. bet? Want to know where the money and the bets are moving every single game? The Betting Splits page is updated every 10 minutes. so You can see changes in all of the action. Find out where the betting public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting Splits, just another way. VEASAN's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game over at VEASAN.com. As always, drink responsibly. Woo, boy! All right, Kelly. I uh, I gave you the kind of what my model spit out here. Uh, that 36 was interesting because Cam Davis pops in, Taylor Pendrith pops in over on the 24, and again, this was more of just a I wanted to see what the recent form, uh, re- recent-ish yeah. form looked like, so that maybe if there was someone whose basically form was was mashed across the board. I was not going to be able to deny it. So McElroy, Finau, Cam Davis is up to third in the 24-round model, and that's not a joke. Justin Thomas, Cam Young, Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns at eight, Will Zalatoris nine, Mito Pereira sneaks in right there at the 10. So that's just a little bit the difference here. And, again, I I didn't weigh too, too heavily on the 24. Um, Wes, what did your model spit out for you?
5: Yeah, basically uh, what I was looking at is kind of, you know, several different guys and and really the guy that was the model and and I'll go ahead before I get to that. Let me go to my top guy and that was John Rahm at 14 to 1. A lot of that with John Rahm, obviously he is number one in total driving. He pretty much is every single week and every single time he tees it up. But one of the things I liked about Rahm, you know, this is a big course, obviously. So you're thinking big boy golf course. You want a guy that's going to drive it and is going to hit more fairways than not. And that's John Rahm. And you know, first top five last week uh, there at the FedEx St. Jude T5. I think it was like a six-way tie, though, for fifth, uh, but that was the first T5 he had since Mexico where he won against that downfield, so we know this guy's had a down year, but this uh, last week was his first tournament back. He and his wife uh, gave birth to their second son on the previous weekend, so I don't know if we get a little nappy factor. I always like those little narratives to uh, kind of put in there, but John Rom 14-1, I think made absolute sense. Andrew Shoffley was kind of my model guy where it's like he was mm-hmm. almost like a on every single little category, that hodgepodge of categories that I put in here. And we know Xander Shafle, kind of his bread and butter were against lesser fields, like not lesser fields. Mm-hmm. I mean, lesser players yeah. in the field, smaller fields, uh, you know, tour championship, the Olympic games, of course, uh, the WGC event over in China. He put that to bed though. He had victories at the Travelers and at the Scottish Open on consecutive starts. And you look, he's tops in the field, strokes gained par five, 600 to 650. Tops, uh, strokes gained par three is 200 to two and a quarter. Tops in proximity game, 200 plus yards over the last 36. His form, I think, was better than some of the guys in the field that were priced a little lower than he was. So I gladly took him at 22. I think he's about 20 in the market right oh, now. Wes, and,
4: he, he was a guy that he, he was probably the first I left off Michael.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he just kind of – I felt he could kind of work this week. I know he can get a little erratic off the tee at times, so that's a little concern. But uh, I went with him this week. Cameron Young, who I think is going to be a popular play, 28-1. to He was t 31 last week in Memphis, but he was fifth overall strokes gained tee to green, led the field for strokes gained off the tee. The putter really kept him out of contention. He lost four and a half strokes over four days on the greens. But this is a guy, five runner-up finishes on the PGA Tour, dating back to that Sanderson Farms in the wraparound season last week fall, two other third-place finishes. Uh, I saw his college teammate, Will Zalatoris from Wake Forest, to get his first PGA Tour win. Maybe there's no reason I think Young couldn't do the same. You know, a guy that's an absolute bomber, and if you like bombers, he's your guy. Victor Hovland was a guy I kind of teased earlier at 33-1, to where it's like, around the green is where he's shaky. We know his chipping is not very good, and it's pretty weak, but... He's not going to have to do a lot of that, or if he does, he's really going to be out of contention because these greens are so big. So, you know, these large greens, and I know they're not similar to what we saw in St. Andrews for the open, but the fact that lag putting kind of comes into play, and there's a couple guys, by the way, that were right there in contention for the open championship for that Clara Jug, Cameron Young, Victor Hovland. So I thought they made sense here. And then Joaquin Neiman, 40-1, to T-13 last week, but he was second in the field on approach. I had him earlier this year. When he won the Genesis Invitational, he's gained off the tee in every single start he's made during this PGA Tour season. So just five for me on the outrights. Uh, A couple matchups, and a couple that I faded actually are making caddy switches this week. Christian Bezadenhut. And uh, by the way, the Caddy Network on Twitter keeps and, you know, gives you the player pairings with caddies and whatnot. So Bezadenhut and uh, Tom Kim, who just won a couple weeks ago, Mm. made caddy switches for some reason. So I faded both of them in matchups, Pendrift over Bez. And Shane Lowry over Tom Kim, also Maverick McNeely over Denny McCarthy. Uh, Denny McCarthy, who's an excellent putter, might struggle here on a big golf course.
3: Yeah, so taking a look here for me, it was, you know, look, fairly, fairly. And by the way, if you want to, if you do want to to play West's place, uh, Rom. Best you can find right now is twelve to one out there, so not too far off of where he was able to 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 get him. If you look a little bit further down, Xander, you can still find a twenty out there on him. If you go to Cameron Young, twenty five is available over at DraftKings right now. So again, not too far off of those numbers. Victor Hovland, there's a thirty available. So um, again, we're the one thing that we get here is a little bit better outright prices than you guys get rest of country. That's about the only advantage that we get. So. Um, that said, not too much difference here mm-hmm. in these numbers. So I think you'd probably still recommend all of those at the, at the current Yeah, prices. and one yeah. of the
5: best ways you can look at that, uh, you know, if you're around the country and you don't get Vegas prices, uh, oddschecker.us I think puts out the prices out there for DraftKings and, you know, some of the others, FanDuel, PointsBet, you know, a lot of the – what I would say are the national books out there. So you can really do some shopping around if you so choose.
3: So, for me, I went with Justin Thomas. Now, Justin Thomas, best you can find, 16-1. to So, uh, still available, basically, the number that I got him. This was a play, like I said, I was looking for guys that I could find that showed up consistently across every single version of everything that I ran. He was number one in the 75 round. You go to the 50 round, he's sitting at number two. You go to the 36, he's sitting at number two. And then you go over to the 24. And even with Justin Thomas having maybe not Justin Thomas-esque results, Mm -hmm. he is still sitting in the 24-round model at fifth overall for me. Even when I throw in – the which I did, I ran a version of this model at 50 rounds just to add length where you can add 7,500 yards plus on a course. And Justin Thomas comes in at number three, actually at number two in that model as well. So consistency across the board. And here, the other thing is with Justin Thomas, knowing that I get four rounds out of this guy yeah. is huge for me because there is a guy, if there is a guy out there that can go low. In a couple of rounds on a weekend and put himself into contention where he might not have been able to do in the first couple of days, we know it can be Justin Thomas. We've seen him go seven, eight, nine under in rounds several times this year. So, give me him at seventeen to one. Really liked it, really liked the drift on Sam Burns as well at twenty nine to one. Listen, he had a very strong first round last week, and then kind of faded. From there, couldn't really get it out of neutral, still finds himself in a really good finish, p- finishing position overall. He just didn't get up into that kind of top five where you know some people were saying that he was going to be this week. Now you're going to let him drift to 29 to 1 in a field of 68 players, guaranteed four rounds. And we, for the same premise that I just told you for Justin Thomas, a guy that we know that has the six, seven, eight, nine under rounds under his belt and I'm getting four guaranteed rounds out of him at 29 to one for me, Sam Burns was too much to pass up here. The big problem with Burns lately has been finding fairways and I'm not worried about that so much Mm -hmm. this week. You know, I mean, he's been spraying it off the tee and it's been costing him. Well, you know, I don't know if it's going to be as bad here with this one. And so uh, 29 to one was just too much for me to pass up Max Homa, all of the long-term stuff, Came out exactly what I was looking for. Short-term stuff, we know the Irons have kind of left him here a little bit recently. But, listen, he is still one of the most consistent players over the course of this season. These type of courses have fit him well. And further, he's battle-tested. We know that he can win in these star-studded fields and and, and win in really, really tough conditions uh, when I'm talking about from from a field perspective. So, really do like him, 64-1, to and then Taylor Pendrith out there at 85 to one I'm going to add one outright I'm not exactly sure who that's going to be I'll put it on Twitter later tonight uh, if you want to t- check it out I can't decide if I'm going to go short or middle middle range with someone Hovland is certainly in consideration he's another guy that I'm I'm really really considering but with Pendrith, at eighty-five to one, listen, is a guy that was just able to continue to show up over and over again in these models, and I can't just pass that up. Top five on Rory McIlroy wouldn't surprise me if he won the whole tournament, but listen, I'm getting two to one on him, and I'm only getting ten to one for him to win it. So I'll take the two to one for him to finish top five. I think he gives this thing a run. This course seems like it's built for him, and then Cam Young in a top ten at two to one as well. Matchups, we landed on the same one there, Matt McNeil over Denny McCarthy. McCarthy finished towards the bottom three in every single version of everything. I think he's one of the worst players to bet on in this entire field. The worst player to bet on, in my opinion, is Kevin Kisner, which is Mm -hmm. why I went against him with Emiliano Grillo um, in in a matchup as well. Tony Finau over Matt Fitzpatrick in a Y'all know how it is. In tournaments that I think is going to be a grind, I love Fitzpatrick. In tournaments that are going to be like playing 16 to 20, I don't like him near as much. I got plus money on Tony Finau, the hottest golfer, arguably, in the world. And then give me Jordan Spieth over Tom Kim at minus 118. I thought that was a steal. I thought I was getting the wrong number on that. Spieth over Tom Kim at 118. We'll get Kelly's plays at the top of the hour.
2: Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey Jeff.